You're listening to a Thorn Creek Weekend Message Podcast. For more audio content and other resources, visit thorncreek.church messages. Well, welcome to Thorn Creek Church Online. So excited you are here. I want to start off with a, with a word from Jesus Christ in John chapter 14, verse 27. It says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Do not let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. I think these words mean more to us now than perhaps a long time. Um, all of us have been impacted by this crazy thing, and we are living in history right now. This will be written about in the days to come. And my prayer is that God just moves through this video, wherever you're watching, in a powerful, powerful way, that the Spirit of the Lord comes across your keyboard, comes across that flat screen TV, and speaks to you. That's my prayer. So let's pray together, and uh, we'll jump into God's Word. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your love. Thank you, God, that you're a God of new beginnings. We know, God, that you are bigger than this coronavirus, and we also know that we live in a crazy world that's been marred by sin. And uh, God, I just pray for your peace. I pray for your love. I pray for your grace to come alongside here. Work in and through me, Lord. And you know who's watching this video right now. Some people haven't been to church in a long time and they're tuning in right now. Some people go to church all the time and they're tuning in right now. There's some people that are high risk people and they're, they're worried, Lord, would you touch them as well? And together we just pray that God, you just stop this virus. That's the ultimate prayer. I pray for healing across our world, that people are healed miraculously, God. Our hope is in you. Our faith and trust is in you. So move here now, God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. This series is called Jesus Who, and we're looking at what makes Jesus unique uh, Max Lucado said this, and I thought it was appropriate for our, our time here. If you feed your faith, your fears will starve. If you feed your fears, your faith will starve. Our tendency is to feed our fears. We have to do intentional things to feed our faith. I couldn't agree with his words more. This is a time where if you watch a lot of TV and you're looking at social media and you're reading articles and you're looking at videos and you're looking at the coronavirus and how it's impacting our world, it's really easy for anxiety to build up inside of you. And then you're, you're just living in this state of fear. God doesn't want you to live in that state. God wants you to trust him, put your faith in him, Pray for those and ask God how he wants to use you during this time. I want to share with you later on in the message how God just moved in my heart and what we're going to do at Thorn Creek Church. So I encourage you to stay tuned in for the entire message and you're going to hear how, how Thorn Creek is, is, really, is really impacting us or, or impacting you know, our view of ministry and what we believe God wants us to do. Um, there's a new phrase that we're all familiar with. It's social distancing or keep your social distance and, and you're hearing that. And for those of you who are introverts or don't like crowds, I know you love that phrase and maybe you're not a hugger. So you 
love that phrase. But I want to share with you a story that Jesus just invaded that social distance and he touched someone and things changed because he touched them. So I'm going to go into Luke chapter seven. But before I go there, I just want to give you a little background behind this story. Up to this point, Jesus has performed five miracles, five miracles. One of them was he changed water into wine. That's a really popular one. That's the first one. It was at a wedding. Then he healed a nobleman's son. Then he helped some fishermen catch some fish. And then he healed a leper, a leper. This was the disease that nobody wanted to be around because it was so contagious. Then he healed a centurion's servant and the centurion had so much faith. So there were five miracles. And then we come to Luke chapter seven. And the big question is, who is Jesus? That's the question. So I'm going to start at verse 11. It says this, Soon afterward, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. A large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who had died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. So the first thing I want you to see is Jesus was approaching a village gate. And he, as he was going, there's a funeral procession that intersects him. And this was not part of this woman's plan to run into Jesus. This was not part of her plan to invade and, and, and intersect like that. The widow wasn't looking for Jesus. And there's no evidence that she even knows who Jesus is. They merely crossed paths. But God is so big, God knows where you are and where you're at right now, and he sees what's going on in your life. And sometimes God invades our life, even when we don't ask for him to invade. She didn't know Jesus, but Jesus knew her. And that's all that matters. Verse 13 says this, when the Lord saw her, her heart was overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. That word compassion is such a rich word. It's the same word that Jesus used before he fed the 5,000. It's the same word that he used when he touched Lazarus. It means pity or sympathy. That's the heart of our God. God cares about your life. He cares about your fears. He cares about your loved ones. He cares about you and his heart is full of compassion for you. And anytime you see a great miracle, you see it started with God's heart being stirred. She doesn't know him, but he knows her, and that's all that matters. I want you to think about this woman's spiritual and emotional state. This is a woman whose only son, her only son died. Scripture tells us that she's a widow. She doesn't have another male figure in her life. She's in a state of mourning, grieving. Her heart has been broken. And what's done is done. Death has visited her doorstep. And she's in the middle of this funeral procession. Um, it, it reminds me, this is, if, if there was a picture of someone who didn't have hope, this is it. She has no hope at all. No hope at all. Uh, but you have hope. And his name is Jesus Christ. I want to remind you of a few uh, passages here in, in Scripture. Psalm chapter 56, verse 3 says this, When I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. That's what the psalmist said. The psalmist said, when I'm afraid, I'm going to put my trust 
in God. And Psalm chapter 91 says this, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. And then verse three says, for he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. That's your faith. That's your God. He can do that. Second Timothy chapter one reminds us for the spirit of God gave us, does not make us, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Other versions say that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but love and power and self-discipline. When you face a pandemic, don't let your faith become infected. Don't let your faith become infected. Don't let it leapfrog there. One thing we know is we all are just passing through this world. And if there's anything that a pandemic does or a world event does, is it reminds us that we're not infallible and we need God. There's a fear of getting the virus or a fear of contact with others or a fear of going out, a fear of, of the crisis. Like what's Next, and our imagination can take a hold of us to the point that we have this anxiety. We have to look at that anxiety and put it to the side. Our life is hidden in Jesus Christ. There's heaven that awaits us, and it's a time for the church to walk by faith. It's a time for the Christian to walk by faith. Let's get back to the story. Verse 14 says this, Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it. He walked over to the coffin. She didn't know who he was. She just, he's filled with compassion. He walks over, touches, and look what scripture says, and the bearers stopped. It's almost as if they were expecting something. Young man, he said, I tell you, get up. Then the dead boy sat up and began to talk. And Jesus gave him back to his mother. Everything in this verse right here is just, I would be shocked. I would be like, what is happening? He gets up in front of everyone. You think mom was shocked? Everyone was shocked. What has just happened? Who is this man? Well, John chapter 11 tells us who he is. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. See, here's the gospel message. See, what scripture teaches us and what we know is we came into this world marred by sin. We have a tendency to, to disobey God and do things that are very self-centered. And the Bible calls that sin. We're marred by sin. Nobody taught us how to lie, but we know how to lie. Nobody taught us how to cheat, but we know how to cheat. And there's something inside of us that desires things that are not of God, and that's sin. We're born with it, all of us. And what God did was God sent his only son into the world to become a sacrifice for our sins. And he walked this earth for 33 years and he went to a cross to shed his blood for us so that we can experience salvation and we could be made right with God. And that happened 2,000 years ago and it's still available for us today. 
If you put your faith in Jesus, you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart right where you are at right now, whether you're in a car or in a living room or at home or at the, wherever you're at, God will hear your prayer when you say, Jesus, I just want you to come into my heart, be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sins. I give my life to you, Jesus, and I want to live for you. I choose to become a follower of you, you Jesus. And that prayer right there, God knows when you mean it. And scripture says, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will live even though they die. You know, one of my pastor friends shared a story. I've met with probably about, I don't know, 30 or 40 pastors this week. It's been crazy. And I was in Divide, Colorado, and I was with about 20 pastors there. And then I was online just a couple of days ago with another 17 pastors. And one of the pastors shared a story. He said, I just want you to know how God is moving. He said one of the members from his church got the coronavirus here in Colorado, got the coronavirus, and they took him to the hospital, this young man. And while he was in the hospital, his health condition was getting worse and worse. It was actually affecting his lungs. And the medical team were prepared to keep him there at the hospital because his lungs were doing so bad. But something happened. The church prayed. And that pastor called up different church members and they all started praying for this young man. And you know what happened? While he was in the hospital, his lungs were miraculously healed. The doctors were baffled and it was, he was well enough where they said, you can go home. This is a time for the church to pray. This is a time when God can heal because of the prayers of his saints and the prayers of his church. This is a time. My prayer has been, God, use me. Use Thorn Creek Church to heal people who have the coronavirus. Use Thorn Creek Church, God. May we pray for that person who's in the hospital, wherever they're at, and may people see the power of prayer and see the power of Jesus' name. That's my prayer. When you keep reading this, Luke chapter seven, this miracle happens and this young man pops up out of the coffin and scripture says, great fear swept the crowd and they praised God saying, a mighty prophet has risen among us. They don't even know who Jesus is and God has visited his people today and the, the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and his surrounding countryside. Verse 18 says this, the disciples of John the Baptist, we're introducing him now. It's a new, new situation. The disciples of John the Baptist told John about everything Jesus was doing. Now, this is the same John the Baptist that we read about early in scripture that baptized Jesus and told everyone, I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. Um, this is the same John the Baptist. And verse 19 says, and he sent them to the Lord to ask him, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we ex keep looking for someone else? Really interesting. John the Baptist is asking the disciples, is Jesus the one? Now he was so bold when he was baptizing and publicly professing to everyone that this is the Messiah, the one to come and I'm not worthy to tie his sandals. But now there's something in the heart of John the Baptist, and he's starting to doubt. He's wondering, is he really John the Baptist? And you keep reading in verse 20, says this, John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, 
John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? It's really interesting. You would think out of all people that would hold on to their faith, it would be John the Baptist. You have to remember, this is a time when things aren't going so well for John the Baptist. He had his moment on the stage when he was baptizing people. And then all of a sudden, you don't read a whole lot about him. In fact, eventually he is beheaded. So you see him just working through, you know, Jesus, I'm not sure. I need to be reminded, Jesus, that you are who you are because that whole thing, I mean, I'm living for you and I just need to be reminded. It's a word for us. It's a word for us. I did a little research and there have been so many world events that have impacted us. In 1918, there was a flu pandemic that killed millions of people. The Great Depression of 1929 to 39. Many of us are not old enough to remember that, but our grandparents would be old enough to remember that. And that impacted a lot of people in the way they viewed money and, and, and other things. The atomic bomb of 1945. There was a reason why in the 1950s, there were bomb shelters that were built. And, 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 and again, we don't, may not remember that, but, but our grandparents would. What about the HIV AIDS pandemic of 2005 to 2012? Remember that? Or how about Y2K, January Two, one, January 1, 2000 was a scary date for us. I remember working at a software consulting firm and I remember people stocking up and groceries being emptied out and people you know, putting stuff in their basement. It was a scary time. And of course, 9-11, September 11, 2001, that was, there was a lot of fear in that time and people were afraid to fly and travel during those times. There's something about these kinds of events it reminds us that we aren't invincible, and it reminds us that we need to turn to God. You know, research has shown during world events, whether it was war or, or pandemics or whatever it was, did you know church attendance goes up? It goes up. Well, why does it go up? It goes up because people are reminded that life is fragile. Life is fragile. All of us are, are, are passing through. And it reminds us that, there, that we, are, we need God. And God wants us to cry out to him. God wants us to turn our hearts to him. Jesus said in John chapter 16, I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, here in Colorado, <laughs> you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I've overcome the world. Again, Jesus was given as a heads up and that words take heart means be encouraged. In this world, things are gonna happen. And for those of you who maybe you've lost some of your income or maybe your business is not doing so well or, or maybe you've lost your job or, or maybe you're doing the math and you're thinking, I'm not sure how much longer we will have or, or maybe you have a fear building up and, 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 and you see this and whatever it is, I want you to know you have a God who's bigger than whatever you're going through. You have a God who sees you. He's really good at math. He knows you. He loves you. And your life is in God's hands, not the hands of your employer. Your, God is in, your life is in God's hands, not in the hands of your boss or a paycheck. God will see you through this. This will not be your end. God wants you. God loves you. And he'll take care of you. You keep reading verse 21. It's really interesting. John the Baptist was asking these questions and, 
And scripture tells us that that very time, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illness, and evil spirits, and he restored sight to many who were blind. So God is working in the midst of it, and Jesus is killing diseases and illnesses and evil spirits and casting out demons and doing all of this, and he's even giving sight to the blind. And it's in the middle of all these miracles that John the Baptist is wondering Is he still the one? Is he the one? Sometimes we can be in the middle of something and forget what God is doing. The love of God has always been on the backdrop of adversity. Think about it. The love of God has always been on the backdrop of adversity. Think about your own life. When did you seek God the most? When was God most present in your life? It was when you were going through a hard time and you said, God, I need you. Maybe there was some fear building up and it caused you to fall to your knees and, or whatever it is, or things happened in your life and you realized, you know what? I need to turn to Jesus Christ. I need to turn to God. Whatever it is, the love of God has always been on the backdrop of adversity. And it's the same with our world. Same thing. I want to speak truth to you in love right now. You may know someone who will eventually get the coronavirus. You might know someone who will eventually lose their life. Again, we're reminded how frail life can be, but you can choose to walk by faith. God can use you. Your life can be a testimony and you will get through this. God wants you to put your trust in him. Verse 22, Jesus answers John the Baptist and he says this. Then he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. It's beautiful. Jesus cares about John the Baptist, and he's telling John the Baptist something that is prophesied in in the book of Isaiah. And he's telling him, look, just let him know the blind see, the leprosy are cured, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life. In other words, you can trust Jesus Christ. You can put your heart and faith in God. He's bigger than any of this that you're facing. He's not a God of sometimes. He's a God of all times. God is not sometimes overall. He is a God who is always overall. There is nothing happening that God can't handle, nothing at all. I want to share with you what Thorn Creek Church is doing. We have a new plan. You know, a pastor said it like this. It feels like we've been on the ocean and we've been shipwrecked on this island and we have to learn the language. And our desire is to come alongside you. That's our greatest desire, to come alongside you. I believe God can use this time for a great revival. He can use this time for a great revival. It'll impact history, and people will turn to Jesus Christ and turn to God because of this time. And Thorn Creek Church, our heart's desire is to come alongside you at a practical level and a spiritual level. So we met as a team and we looked at the next 90 days and we identified, okay, what needs to change? Because everything needs to change for the next 90 days. Even Even when our government says, okay, everybody can come out of their homes, it will still be different. 
People will still come out of their homes, whether it's in three weeks or, or, or six weeks, whatever it is, when people come out of their homes, they're still gonna have to work through their fear. So Thorn Creek here, we, we prayed and we say, okay, God, what do you want us to do? This is all new. It's new for many churches and you can keep all of our churches in prayer. But here's what I wanna share with you. We want to come alongside you at your greatest fear, at the place that you were worried the most, whatever it is, the place of anxiety, we want to come alongside you. And I think about the early church in Acts chapter 2. The early church was known as a church that they shared everything. They came together and they helped during times of crisis. In James, you read about a time when the church was scattered. It was scattered. And, and James writes to the churches and it was at this time and says, I know you're scattered and I know some of you are experiencing persecution, but we need to keep our faith in Jesus Christ. And the church has been around for 2,000 years. This is not the first time the church has experienced adversity. So here's what I believe. I believe Thorn Creek Church will get stronger during this season. I believe many churches will get stronger during this season. I believe God will use this season to turn hearts to him. And I'm excited about being part of this season. This is the closest we've come to as an early church of experiencing fear and danger. And God will use all of it. You know, one of our, one of our, our, our cornerstone Bible verse for Thorn Creek Church is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And it says, now, well, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. If you were to come here to our building, you would see that verse on our wall in our front lobby. You would see it. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. That was the verse that God gave me many, many years ago when I was in Southern California at a conference and told me, Reuben, this verse is going to mark Thorn Creek Church. Before it even started, God gave me this first. So here's the first thing we want to we want to implement. Here it is. From now on, we want to have a Thorn Creek prayer time at 3:20 p.m. So here's what we want. Every single day at 3:20 p.m., we want you to pray for Thorn Creek Church and pray for whatever else God puts on your heart. So maybe at 3.20, maybe you're at work or maybe you're out on a walk or wherever you're at, at 3.20 p.m., say a prayer. Even if it's a 10-second prayer, pray that God uses this church to reach the lost and to make disciples. Pray for your neighbor. Pray for the person who doesn't know Jesus. Pray for whatever God puts on your heart. But at 3.20 p.m., we pray. Make that, whatever, whatever you need to do to, to set that as a reminder. The other thing we want to be is a resource center. It's, heart, it's our heart's desire to, to follow the early church and the early Christians and to come together during this time. Incidentally, it is such a blessing that we have social media and technology right now, isn't it? If we didn't have social media and technology, we couldn't connect at all. But what a blessing that we have social media and technology to, to be able to love and stay connected and that kind of thing. But we want to be a resource center. We care about you. Here's what we're going to do. Third thing we want to do is we want you to email us at acts2board at thorncreek.church. Now that email right now, what we're going to build is we're going to build a one-stop database where we can see 
the needs you have. So maybe, I mean, literally, you run out of toilet paper and maybe you have extra toilet paper you could provide or someone else does. We want to have a central place where people can communicate what's going on in their life or how, what they need. Please don't shy away from this. Maybe it's groceries or, or, or another practical need you might have. Whatever it is, let us know. Email us at axtoboard at thorncreek.church and we're going we're gonna to consolidate our efforts and we're going to love on each other during this time. That's, I believe this pleases God. The other thing we're planning on doing is providing financial help. We need you to let us know what's happening. And you can email us at that X2 board at thorncreek.church. But we want to know what financial help you need. Here at Thorn Creek, I want you to know this is a priority. This is a priority. Our monthly budget is $11,200 $11, per weekend. But I want you to know we are strategizing and looking at how we can love on people in a very financial, uh, in a very tangible way. So let us know what's happening. Maybe you need help with utilities or maybe you need help with your, your mortgage or maybe you need groceries, whatever it is, please don't shy away. We want to help. I want you to see how God has been working. You know, last weekend, something really special happened. We have this program called Food for Hope that God stirred my heart a few years ago, and God made it clear to me that he wanted me to start this, what's now Food for Hope. And, and the Lord just, I remember the words when I was sitting in my car at a parking lot in front of Tokyo Joe's, <laughs> and I remember the Lord telling me, Reuben, you can do this. I'll never forget that moment. And I never knew when I said yes at that, in my car, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it. I, I never thought or dreamed how God would use this. And, and I want to show something to you. Last Saturday, Adams 12 contacted our Food for Hope director, Emily Stromquist, and they asked for help. On Monday, we packed 500 bags that went to Brighton 27J School District. On Wednesday, we packed 1,000 bags that went to Adams 12 School District. This is three times the amount that we normally do. We raised, Food for Hope raised, $17,500 in six days. We had about 100 volunteers that signed up within 24 hours. In the midst of the fear, in the midst of the anxiety, in the midst of the social distancing, you have people who came together. It's a beautiful thing from all different churches and walks of life, came together to love on children in the midst of the fear. I wanna show you what happened. Take a look at this. We are currently at the Food for Hope offices located inside Thorn Creek Church in Thornton, Colorado. So here's what we're looking at. We have one line here, one line in the hall. We are going to staff um, volunteers on each side of each line. We're packing um, over this week 1,500 bags that are going to be taken and distributed to families who may not have access to food that they typically have. Why do you volunteer? Because when school is normally in session, I can't. And so I'm, and I want to, to um, just help our district, our school district. I love that all of this stuff goes back to our community where we live. We purchase our food. Okay. Um, we've had some amazing community members sponsoring bags for $4 a bag. Okay. And we use that money uh, to purchase this food for the bag. 
when I volunteer, it just makes me feel happy. It makes me feel good about myself. We do this because we believe in the community coming together for the good of those who are less fortunate. We believe in helping those who might be in tough circumstances because it could be us next week or next time. And um, we just, we know that we should love one another. So that's what we're out there doing. It makes me not have to focus on the bad things that are happening right now and more so the good things. Did you hear Emily's words? We believe we should love one another. That comes directly from Jesus. This was played on Fox 31 News here in Denver. Hopefully uh, you may have seen it, but God is moving and God is working. I want to encourage you. Maybe you're watching this video and maybe God is stirring your heart. Maybe you're far from God and you know it. Maybe you just feel disconnected. You have an opportunity to turn to God. You have an opportunity to right where you're at, you can ask Jesus into your heart and you can experience him as your, your Lord and Savior and God and Comforter. You can experience him in that way. Or maybe you're here, you're there watching this video and, and maybe you consider yourself a Christian, but maybe you've let anxiety kind of taken a grip in your heart and, and maybe you feel it impacting your, your faith. So I want to pray for you too. So right where you're at, would you just bow your head and close your eyes? And, and if you'd like Jesus Christ to be Lord of your life, would you just say this? Say, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to be my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for my sin. I confess I'm a sinner in need of grace, and I need you. Come into my heart. I believe with my heart, and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. I turn to you with all my heart right now, Jesus. I choose to become a Christian, not, during, not just during this pandemic, but forever. Or maybe you consider yourself a Christian. Maybe you need to say this prayer. God, right now I ask that you free me from the spirit of anxiety. Free me from the spirit of fear. Help me to walk by faith. Give me instead a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Give me strength to go on each day and show me how to love others. Stir my heart if you want me to call someone. Stir my heart if you want me to give. Stir my heart however, however you want me to love someone and have your way. Thank you, God, for what you're doing here. Thank you for your grace. God, I want to pray for those who are about to give here in just a little bit. They're going to click a button and they're going to give. And I just pray that you continue to provide for them. I recognize this requires a lot of faith because sometimes there's some uncertainty here of whether or not the job will be impacted. So I pray that you give them that strength and that courage and that faith. And God, I pray that our resources here at Thorn Creek, Thorn Creek just increase so that we could turn around and bless people who need help. That's our heart's desire, God. Our faith is in you, God. We see you and we know you are the provider. We know you are the one who comforts. You are the one who heals. So thank you, God, for your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray all this. Amen. Each year, thousands of Thorn Creek Church messages are downloaded for free. This ministry is generously supported by Thorn Creek Church members and listeners like you. If you'd like to support this ministry, please consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting thorncreek.church/give.